You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. talk about elevated authority and I am going to dump a whole bunch of stuff on you. I'm probably going to confuse everything you know and then we'll try to clean it up before we go and then I trust you to work it out uh, through the week <laughs> because God, you know, when God talks to us prophetically in dreams and visions through the word, we don't always have the fullness of what he's trying to say. But as we begin to share it, pieces come together. And the more we share it, the more clarity we have. So um, you will get the, the share on this. I shared a little bit of it Friday night about elevated authority. And honestly, you know, the testimonies we're hearing and even the prophetic words that we heard, you know, there is definitely a shift in our favor. There's a shift in our favor. It is a Kairos season right now. It's a Kairos time. And I just wanted to share what the meaning of Kairos is. It's a time when conditions are right for the accomplishment of crucial actions. It's the opportune time. It's a decisive moment where God is moving in a way that completely, and I'm going to add this as my own definition, disrupts everything we know, because what he's doing is so out of our everyday normal, even our everyday supernatural normal. There is an acceleration in this Kairos moment. There is unusual occurrence in these Kairos moments. There are things that God is doing that is confounding our intellect, but is confirming our spirit. You know that our intellect does not keep up at the same pace our spirit does. Because our spirit is one with God. Our spirit moves and breathes and lives with God. And really everything else in us has to catch up with what they're doing. And part of that catching up is the intimacy we live out of. God has been giving me dreams about this. I've had multiple dreams over and over. In fact, I was telling uh, Pastor Karen about it. And I told her, I said, I've had so many dreams. Sometimes I'll have two, three, four dreams in one night. And I've had so many dreams and I don't know what they mean. And God was like, really? He said to me the word out of Daniel. That when Daniel was, when Nebuchadnezzar was killing all the wise men because they didn't know the dream, Daniel comes up and says, only God can interpret the dreams. I was like, oh yes, that's right, God. Only you can interpret the dreams. And the next morning I sat down and he went through and gave me interpretations for my dreams. But what happened was the dreams were so unusual and, and a little bit out of, like I said, I am moving in a realm that I haven't, I don't normally live in. It's not my normal place. When I dream, I don't normally dream these kinds of dreams. And especially the number, the quantity of dreams. And um, so I feel like that is for all of us. We are moving in realms that are out of our normal realm with God. There is an elevation 
that is happening. It's that uh, Revelations 4, come up here. You know, let me show you what's about to occur. Because what's about to occur is going to dismantle strongholds. It's going to partner us with unbelievers because we have what they need from God in order to accomplish what they are to accomplish. So, you know, when we talk about, um, you know, my norm with God, my norm with God is no longer my norm. There is a new norm with God. He's doing a new thing. It's not the next thing. It's a new thing. So when we lean back on what we're used to, we're going to miss what he has for us to do because we're caught up in a habit, in a pattern. And what we're not seeing is God is trying to break the pattern in order to develop a new route for us. And it's different. It's different. I spent all day uh, Tuesday just in the word and worshiping just all day long. I feel like I'm in a season of learning from God that he is teaching me and that I need to clear my schedule so I can spend all day with him. And I know not for everybody, not everybody has that ability, but right now I just have a divine moment to be able to do that. So um, just ask God to work out your schedule however he wants to work it out. So we're going to talk a little bit about Joseph and you guys are just going to have to gear in for a little bit. You know, uh, we may be here for another probably 40, 45 minutes. So nobody's going to starve. We got spiritual food. <laughs> we got spiritual food. The kids will be fine. I will tell you from the feedback of the teachers, even the kids were affected last week. Just FYI. Uh, so it, it, anyhow, we're not going to stay there. Uh, just, just so you know. Uh, but anyhow, we're going to talk about Joseph for a few minutes. We're going to talk a little bit about his elevated authority. And um, I'm not going to read through all of Genesis 37 through 50. You can say hallelujah now. It's okay. I'm not offended. But I, I do want, there's a couple of key points that I want to make sure we get a hold of so that we can step into what God's doing. Because uh, even as I mentioned Friday night, and actually I realized that I've preached on elements of this over the last probably nine to 12 months. And God keeps reminding me, remember, you've released part of it. And this is another part. So we're going to start in Genesis. And, I, you know, Joseph had two dreams. And uh, it's interesting because the two dreams was about his family bowing down to him because he had been elevated to a power position that required honor. And of course, that was a total offense to his whole family. But we're not going to talk about the offense. We're going to talk about what the dreams were. And I was reading one of my commentaries as I was looking something up. And I love this thought because I want you to think about the visions, the dreams, the words that God has spoken over to you. And it said that dreams, visions, words, all this, they are a spiritual experience that root deep in our hearts, never to be forgotten. We may have forgotten it in our mind, in our intellect, but it is in us. What God has spoken to us is in us. And he, he writes on and says, instead of saying Joseph had a dream, we could more accurately say the dream had Joseph. 
So when you think about your words, the visions, the the uh, dreams that you've had, that you know that the Lord is imparting, he's preparing, he's speaking destiny and purpose into you. Remember, it's not that you had it, it's the, it, it's, it had you and it is not letting go of you until you are able to step in and go through the journey and everything is a journey. You know, we get a word of the Lord and we want the word of the Lord to show up at 8 a.m. the next morning. But the Lord has the perfect plan to pull it out just like us not moving. You know, we just trust that God has the perfect plan for what our next step is. So he has these two dreams and um, he sold off. We understand that. But there's a couple of things I want to talk about. I want to talk about the favor of the Lord that Joseph carried. And in uh, Genesis 39, we're going to start in Genesis 39 in verse 2. Um, Well, I'm in Exodus. Let's back it up a little bit. Um, 39 verse 2. He's, you know, he's been sold off. And it says, the Lord was with Joseph. I want you to say, the Lord is with me. He was a successful man. I am a successful person. So I want us to understand that the Lord is with us. Even that song we sang, uh, the Lord really loves us. You know, his mercy, the cross has done it for us. So just understand that. Okay, so, and it says, um, and he was in the house of of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and the Lord had made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had was put under his authority. So everything that was in the house was under the authority of Joseph. And uh, 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 even as Cassie was sharing, you know, she's in this corporate, she's got a position. All the authority has been given to her. The favor of the Lord has been given to her. We need to remember that when We move in the favor of the Lord. Everyone sees it, both believer and unbeliever. Everyone opens doors for us that aren't normally opened because the favor of the Lord is with us. And the success comes with the favor of the Lord. And the authority comes with that favor. And I want us to remember authority comes out of intimacy. We have greater authority the closer we are to God. And the reason is, the more we know him, the more we're able to speak on his behalf. And when we speak on his behalf, then he backs what we say. So we need to understand that there is a hierarchy of things. Intimacy, number one for this elevated authority. Uh, the the favor that comes with it and the steadiness in character and integrity. There is nothing that takes the place of our character and integrity in this world. And, you know, um, we have to understand we are the message of God being sent out. And everything we do reflects him. And he aligns us with his favor, with his promotion, with his, with these positions, but it comes at a cost of our integrity and our character. We have to be above reproach. 
And people say, I don't know if I can do that. Yes, you can. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. We can be above reproach. We can be the head and not the tail. So let's just look at, um, uh, let's go to Genesis 7, I mean 39 verse 7. And it came to pass after these things, so the, the master's wife casting longing eyes on Joseph. And she said, lie with me. But he refused and said to the master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me in the house. And he is committed to all that he has into my hand. There's the authority. There is no greater in this house than I. Nor has he kept anything back from me but you. Because you are his wife. And here is just a sign of Joseph's integrity. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? I mean, think about this. The temptation was before him. There, if you read before this, there was actually no one in the house. The other people that were normally in the house were not there. Joseph was put in a position to take advantage of the temptation that was put before him. And he was saying, well, you know, your master's giving me everything. But it's not because of your master giving me everything that I'm not doing. It's because I would not do this great wickedness and sin against God. So this is, this is critical in this elevation is this ability to have integrity that is beyond reproach. In every way, whether it's ret returning the extra 27 cents that Publix gave you in change, not that anybody uses cash anymore, but that's a thought, <laughs> or, or whether it's, you know, no matter what it is, it, it's keeping that integritous heart and then being poised for promotion. You know, when we're excellent in all circumstance, we are poised for promotion. Because people see the excellence. And as you read through the story of Joseph, at every turn, he had every reason to be bitter. He had every reason to be offended. He had every reason to carry a grudge. He had every reason to, because I've heard these reasons, I'm mad at God because he's not doing this for me. He had every reason to say, I'm mad at God. I'm turning from God because he didn't save me from the pit. He didn't save me from being sold out. He didn't turn my brother's heart toward me. There are all these reasons that we can be upset. But we have to decide who are we serving and who do we trust? Joseph decided repeatedly that he was going to serve the Lord. And even when this incident got him thrown in jail, what happened? He was promoted. He was promoted over all the jail. He became the top dog because he carried the favor of the Lord. He had a character integrity and he served with excellence and he didn't bitter. He wasn't complaining. He wasn't whiny. He, he didn't, every time he didn't go somewhere, he didn't say, you'll never believe what my brothers did to me because they were supposed to bow to me. I'm not talking to them anymore. Well, no, you're not because you're not even anywhere near them. But you know, it is that bitterness. It is that offense. It is that unwillingness to say, God, I don't know what is happening there, but that is not going to own my heart. All I see is that you are God 
and that dream I has has overtaken me and I'm going to live out of the goodness of you because that's all I know. That's all I know to do. So it is that positioning for promotion. And he was positioned. He received the mystery and the revelation of the dreams of the baker, of the chief um, butler. He received those revelations from God. Because his heart stayed pure toward God. And, to, and then they forgot him. Of course, one of them got their head cut off, but that's okay. <laughs> but then they forgot him. And then what happens? Pharaoh has a dream. And the chief, I think it was the butler. Yeah, the chief butler says, oh, I forgot about this guy I met two years ago who gave me the interpretation of a dream. Maybe he can do it for you. And in that, you know, there is, and I'm just going to say this one more time. There's all the reason in the world for us to be offended. The last church I was at, that person looked at me wrong. My sister, when I was 12 years old, you know, there's all these reasons, but we got to just say, God, if there's an offended heart inside of me, get it out. Because eternity is written on my heart. Destiny is written in my spirit. And I'm not letting go of your face until I get there. And everybody can do whatever they want to to me. But that is not going to affect me because I'm on a journey with you. And we've got to learn to quit nursing our wounds. We've got to learn to say, you know what? Whatever it is, I'm going to choose to forgive. I'm not going to let that hold on to me. And I'm going to move on because you're the one who has a destiny for me. And they're on their own journey. And I'm not going to live their journey out because I was offended or hurt or whatever by them. Okay. Okay. I think that's important. We got to shake it off. We have got to shake it off. We, got, we, we just got to shake that off because it will hold us back. It will hold us back. And like I said, if Joseph was all whiny and stuff, he would have never gotten where he got. If, if he heard some of the things I heard from some uh, people, including maybe myself, you'd be going, oh, my gosh. Joseph does make you do a, a check. Just check me, Lord, because <laughs> if there's anything in me, let's get this out of this now. So and it's just keeping that 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 uh, you got to keep it short. If something comes across, you realize it's an offense. You just got to keep it short. So Genesis 41, not only did God give him the interpretation to Pharaoh's dream, he gave him a strategy for the interpretation. God is looking for us to be the strategist of heaven for the people on earth. And he's given us, okay, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I hear you. Okay, 41 verse 28. I am so excited because I know this has rocked me. I know it's going to rock you. You may have to listen to it again. You may have to go home and think about it because I've thought on it for a while. Uh, Chapter 41 verse 28. Shoo, Lord. So he goes through, uh, he gives the interpretation of the dream. He says, this is the thing which I have spoken to Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. God is showing us what he's about to do. And some of it, it is hard for us to comprehend. 
but we're going to have to write it down. We're going to have to mull over it. We're going to have to ask God to expand it for us because what he's, I mean, there were a couple times earlier in the week, I, I'm like trying to even receive what he's saying because it's so beyond the way I'm thinking. He wants to move us past our smallness of thought our smallness of even comprehending or even, you know, imagining that Ephesians 3.20 that says he's going to do immeasurably more than we could ever imagine. God, break open my smallness of being able to imagine and help me to have that immeasurably more in my ability to receive what you're trying to show me. I want the immeasurably more. I don't want to be carrying a small handful of peas when I can carry a tower of gold, you know? Okay. So anyhow, he gives him this interpretation. <laughs> I just tell you, God is so good. I was getting all, all wiped out hearing the testimonies. I'm like, okay, this is going to be fun. Okay. Indeed, seven years of great plenty, verse 29, will come throughout the land. But after them, seven years of famine will arise and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt and the famine will deplete the land. We are not going to allow a famine to hit our land because we have the strategy of God and we have the influence just in this house Imagine that multiplied across our nation, across the world. So we have a strategy. And so then he goes through all of this. So he gives him this strategy. And what happens? The promotion comes because the revelation of God was released in order for the nation to be saved. Who's ready to save a nation? So this revelation was given, and here's the promotion. And I'm going to read this 41, starting in verse 39. And this is where we're going to camp for a few minutes. And if you're cold, you can pop up the air a little bit. Um, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, inasmuch as God has shown you this, there's no one as discerning and wise as you. God is calling you to be discerning and wise. When you're in a room with non-believers, you need to be the wisest one in the room. You need to be the most discerning person in the room. You need to be the one that can give the answer because no one else has an answer for them. But we know that God in heaven does. Then Pharaoh, uh, verse 42, it says, Then Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand. A signet ring represents the power of the king or the Pharaoh. All the power to act is within that signet ring and put it on Joseph's hand and he clothed it in garments of fine linen and he put gold chain around his neck and he had him ride in a second chariot uh, which he had and they cried out before him so the Pharaoh went first and Joseph went second Joseph was the second in the land God is calling you to be in that upper echelon of wherever your influence is And they cried out before him, bow the knee. And he set over him all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, and here's the word we're going to sit on for a minute. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh. 
And without your consent, no man may lift his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. God is looking to shift authority to that level within you. And it's hard to fathom when I first received that word from the Lord. Uh, and he said, this is what I'm doing. This is part of the Kairos moment we're in. That there's a level of authority that's being released on the body that, that, that shadows any authority before. And I preached on this about six weeks ago. I preached out of Acts 13 and how the sorcerer was preventing the proconsul from getting saved because of his demonic influence. And his eyes, I can't remember if it was Paul or Peter. I think it was Paul. Paul commanded his eyes to be blinded. And when his eyes was blind, was, were blinded, the proconsul was able to hear and receive the Lord. So the government official moved into a born-again experience with Jesus because the demonic was stopped and blinded before them. And I ask you at that time... Are you in a position with the Lord where he can give you the power to close the eyes of the demonic forces around you in order to see the government shifted? Amen. I'm asking you guys this. This is serious. This is not fluffy words. This is not going to make you feel good. It's going to give you that fear and trembling of the Lord. Because if you're saying to the Lord, and we pray for people on Friday night, if you're saying to the Lord, Lord, I feel like that is my call, that you're calling me to this elevated authority where just like Joseph, nothing will happen until my mouth is open. In my realm of influence, I will be the atmosphere of God that will be released out of me through the words that I speak, the declarations that I say, the demonic that I bind, whatever it is God is calling you to do. This is a fear and trembling moment. If you say yes to this, then God's about to make a dramatic change in your life. Because it's not loose words coming out of our mouth anymore. It's not like, you know, fragrant prophecy that carries no weight. This is something that carries, and we see this happen. We saw it happen in Mordecai, given the signet ring, changed the whole uh, uh, outcome for, for the people of Israel, for the Hebrews, changed the whole outcome, took over a pagan land as the second in charge. We see this in Haggai, and Haggai is a little bit different because the word in Haggai 2.23, it says that, He's making Zerubbabel, which was the governor, he's making Zerubbabel his signet ring. Think about that. Think about the Lord taking his power and authority, putting it on you. Just You can just imagine a signet ring. As the word of the Lord for him. As the power to construct and destruct. That's a, that's a, that's a heavy revy there. That's a daunting call. That that level of authority 
We're in a Kairos moment where that level of authority is being offered up. And there's a lot of other things going on, and we've talked about them before. We've talked about accelerated. We've talked about no more delay. We've talked about finances showing up where there shouldn't be any finances. I mean, we've talked about all of this in the past. That's part of the Kairos moment that's happening right now. There is an acceleration, but there is also behind it this whole promotion, authority. Are you ready to step into this greater position God has for you? Are you ready for the promotion that's going to use you and position you in a place that when you speak, everything will occur out of your words? Are you ready? God is looking for people to rise up and be ready. He's looking for people who will say, God, the purity of my heart can hold the authority that you're going to give me and the power that's going to be wielded out of that authority to not only destroy the demonic force, but raise up a prophetic army, raise up a fivefold, raise up in whatever influence you have that you would be the light in the middle of that influence that is shining on the darkness, that is shining on the inequity, that is shining on the lack, that is foreseeing what is coming at them, the seven years of uh, abundance, the seven years of famine, that is foreseeing that and is able to declare it and is able to not only declare it, but provide a solution for it. So that no one does without. And it's so interesting because, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about this. Um, but I just want to mention it again. I think we talked about it a while back. But I wanted to mention it again. Um, let me just think. There was one other thing I wanted to say before I mentioned that. Um, <laughs> okay, Lord. What's the most important thing to you? We have talked about this before that Isaiah 65, 24 says, before they even call out to me, I will answer them. Before they finish telling me what they need, I've already heard. That is a, a, a prophetic picture of what is happening right now. That uh, he's given wisdom to the wise so that we can really understand. The other part of this is, is that it's a, it's a, strategic time to understand that we are the message that we don't have to worry about where God puts us because we are the message of God for the place that we are in that moment we are the message and we are carrying the authority of God to be able to divide clearly to discern correctly, to be able to look at a situation and say, God, what is your best for right now? And in that, when we're maybe not at the place we feel like we want to be, just like Joseph, when he encountered his brothers and, you know, they finally met up. We know the story. I'm not going to go into that. I would encourage you to read uh, Genesis 37 through 50 if you have a chance this week. But when he encountered them, and they were uh, so afraid, he said to them, don't be afraid, 
for I am in a pl- for am I in a place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is today. And not only that, at one point he says uh, that God used what they did in order to prepare the way for what was coming for Israel. So understand whatever's coming against us. We need to, number one, get people around us to pray. Number two, understand that God is our shield. He is our cover. He will show us what to do, just like we talked about earlier in the morning. And number three, we have to realize that there may be a time where we are where we are because the time isn't quite yet for us to be where he has for us to be. And in the waiting, it's just my favorite phase right now. Sometimes there's a bridge that we're crossing over before we get to the other side. And we have to understand that over that bridge is rejoicing. It's understanding the worship, understanding the declaration that God's give us. It is not complaining. It is not wringing hands. It's not any of those other things. We have to remember, like Joseph, our faces toward God. And regardless of where we are or where we've been in, our faces toward God. So I want you guys to really pray over this. Pray over this, this elevated authority that the Lord is releasing. This the, becoming the signet ring of God in this season, in this Kairos moment. And moving into this uh, new ability where, uh, and I think I shared it last week, where where he ends and where we end and where he begins, you can't tell. We're so one with God that when, when you do things, you're like, what was that, God? Was, you know, was that you? Was that me? Was that us? You know, there's just such fluidity between us and God. There's no space. There's no space. And that is possible. It's, it's even... Uh, mandated for us by the word of God. Okay. Okay. I think, I, th- I really think I'm about done. I'm sure I could preach for another half hour or so, but uh, I think I'm about done. But I do want us to know that this is part of the operation out of the kingdom of God that has been divinely appointed for this season that we're in. We're operating out of the kingdom realm. And all that we do is filtered through his realm. And everything else, we choose to either get rid of, ignore, bind, release, whatever it is he wants for us to do with it. But this is a whole different season for the body of Christ. And, and we need to really pray that the body of Christ rises up. I know that there's a remnant, but even as someone was sharing uh, how there was no spirit of the Lord in their church, no even discussion of the spirit or anything of the kingdom, we need to release that. And we're just going to release that over the, the, the body of Christ, that where there is a void of the word of God, a void of the spirit of God, a void of born again believers. God, we're asking you to come like a flood across the body of Christ and reignite, bring them to this place of, of just revival from within and a real oneness with who you are in the fire of the Holy Spirit. 
Uh, so thank you, Lord. So if you guys will stand, let's just pray for a minute. Whew. So, Lord, we just thank you that uh, there is an elevated authority being released. And, and Lord, we, we come to you really with fear and trembling because we know that when we say yes to that mantle, to that signet ring, there will be a, a, a dramatic shift and, and we will even be surprised by it as what we come out of our mouth is done. You're, you're, you're waiting to perform your word. You're, you're saying before it comes out, you've already gone before us. So Lord, we're, we're coming to you with the awe and the wonder, but the fear and the trembling of the holiness of the uh, one true God, the holiness of this Kairos time, this, this opportune time to shift and move things into position, people into position, territories into position to take down kings out of position so you can elevate others into position. So Lord, we're just thanking you for the opportunity, for the invitation. And I'm asking you, Lord, for all of us, show each one of us individually so corporately we can move as one in this of what is it we need to refine, fine-tune, be pruned up, whatever it is, so that we will be a clear vessel for you to work out of that there will be such a seamless oneness between us and you that uh, <laughs> what I keep seeing is not only is it going to create an awe and an amazement outside of the house, but there is going to be a, a glory wave that will follow us as we go. The unity from within is releasing the glory to the outside. So, Lord, we just thank you for this glory that's going to follow us. We thank you for the unity of our body, of our, of our web church family, the unity of oneness that is going to create a, um, a power wave of your glory to follow us. And we just love you and bless you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.